Welcome to the Chew Brewer Stew Podcast. Every other Sunday, we'll release an episode of the podcast featuring an interview with a business owner in the food industry. From restaurants, to breweries, to bakeries, and everything in between. We ask them about their journey and the process of becoming a successful business owner in hopes of helping others to do the same. I'm Mike Curtin, and the podcast starts now. Welcome to the Chew Brewer Sue Podcast. My name is Michael Curtin, and if you haven't subscribed yet, please do so so you never miss another episode of the podcast. Thank you for joining us for the second episode of Chew Brewer Stew. Today I'm going to be sitting down with Kyle Hurst from Big Alice Brewing in Long Island City, Queens. As with the last episode and many more to come, I sit down with the owner I'm interviewing in the place of their business. So unfortunately, there's almost always going to be some background noise, which I'm always going to try and edit to the best of my ability. So here's the interview with Kyle Hurst at Big Alice. I hope you enjoy it. Hey guys, welcome to True Brewer Stew. My name is Mike Hurden. We're here with Kyle Hurst at Big Alice Brewing in Long Island City. Kyle, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers. So can you uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got into the business? So uh, I started as a home brewer uh, before it was cool. That's how I like to present it. Uh, probably the late 90s, I started home brewing uh, in Wisconsin, uh, around 98 or so, I guess. Uh, my oldest son was about two. Uh, was a, my first home brew kit was a uh, Father's Day present from my wife. Nice. Uh, so I moved to New York about 2008, started home brewing with some buddies here, and about three years later, we got the uh, wise idea to open, uh, open this place. And, uh, you know, fast forward, and here we are today. Thanks. How old were you when you actually, when you started the business, when you jumped into it? So, we formed the company in 2011, so I guess that would make me 37, I would say. 37, okay. Give or take. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, we didn't open our doors until 2013, so uh, it took about a year and a half from the day we decided, or we filed the uh, uh, corporate paperwork to form the company until we actually uh, opened began production but uh, so yeah, that was September of 2011 we got our license February of the or, excuse me uh, December of the following year uh, January 14 or 13 maybe we uh, started okay. what exactly sparked your interest in wanting to become an owner so you know I mean I know there's a love of, of brewing yeah, I mean, every home brewer dreams of, you know, opening a brewery one day. Right. And, you know, Absolutely. certainly, you know, that was, you know, I don't, it's not why I did this. It was kind of a funny story in that um, I was brewing with another uh, home brewer, and he and I were brewing once a month together. Uh, he lived in Brooklyn. I was living up here in Poughkeepsie. And one weekend a month, like, he'd come, he'd ride home from work with me on a Friday night. We'd brew all weekend. He'd ride back, you know, to work. We worked together on, on yeah. Monday morning. Uh, it was actually his idea uh, that uh, look. He said, "You know, they just changed the laws. We were we were making five gallon batches." He said, "You know, I found the system. We can make ten gallon batches. Right. We'll still keep five for ourselves. We can sell the other five and have everybody else pay for our hobby." And uh, that, so that was that sounds like a bad idea. And that's actually how we started. So we started on a Sapco system, brewing ten to twelve gallon batches, put them all in large format bottles, and we uh, pre-sold them six months at a time. Nice. And how'd you go about selling? You sold them to different. Uh, it was all different direct to retail at, at okay. that point. So, uh, like the first round was 
mostly friends and family. Right. Yeah, people okay. looking to support us as we got started. But uh, so yeah, we were selling, you know, two bottles a month uh, for six months for two hundred dollars. So we, in essence, we were selling you a case of beer for two hundred bucks that you're going to give us the money today, and you weren't going to get those last two bottles until uh, six months from now. So. Um, the first time around, like everybody's like, great, happy to write us a check and, and support us. But uh, uh, second time, uh, we did every six months we would renew, and uh, some of those friends and family got replaced with you know, people who had you know, kind of heard about us. And then you know, eventually, we end up with that after about our third round, so a year and a half in, we end up with a pretty lengthy waiting list. Uh, and that's when we just you know, made the decision that we we you know get bigger and uh, uh, you know, make make the leap to uh, full time. Uh, Brewing, you know, to that point, we were still brewing once a month like we had right. in the past. We were just doing it here instead of my garage. Nice. You, your friends and family, obviously supported you big time. How did you go about finding capital to start everything? Well, one of the nice things about starting at a ten-gallon, you know, or twelve, you know, you're, they're half barrels, so you know, full capacity is fifteen and a half. But uh, the the brew house we we bought was sixty-five hundred dollars. You know, uh, you know the the fermenters were you know a few hundred dollars each. You know, nothing like what you pay for right. the equipment that we have now. But uh, you know, three of us put in ten thousand dollars each. We figure we'll give this a shake. If, if it you know if it doesn't work out, we got a pretty cool used car uh, in our right. home system that we uh, would just you know take home and like, we didn't take on any debt when we started. And then you know because we were pre-selling all of our ingredients, everything we needed uh, you know, to produce the beer. You know, we had you know funded through pre-sales of our beer, so uh, yeah, it was uh, you know a, a, you know a modest investment to get us started. When you started, did you have any like doubts that it might not work out, or it was kind of sure. like, I feel like this is going to take off because everybody's kind of supporting us? Or? Well, you know, we didn't have the intention to become you know you know we're still one of the smaller breweries in the city, but yeah, we we have a second location now in Brooklyn where we're. Uh, doing barrel aging over there, and, and you know, kind of all of the growth we've had since then. I certainly didn't foresee. I mean, originally, the plan was to keep my, my day job and right. brew once a month, which is what I'd been doing for you know a year and a half or you know, a couple of years at that point. Anyway, living the dream. Um, but yeah, so it was it was an easy step, and uh, just the support uh, of you know, the, the public and our fans drinking our beer made that you know, decision easy. Right. What was one of the hardest things you had to overcome when starting? What do you think? Um, you know, th- there's there's fear of unknown. You know, it's just because your friends tell you you make good beer doesn't mean you make good beer. Right. Your, your friends aren't going to be uh, completely, you know, honest with you. Some will. Right. You know, and uh, and those are the, the kind of friends you need when you're you know, going down this path. But, of course. Um, yeah, I, I think you know, just kind of you know, fears of, of you know, quality issue, or you know, you, it's you know, you're you're sharing you know your hard work with with the public, and the public can be brutal. Uh, so you know, there there was a lot of a lot of fear around uh, just you know, people accepting, enjoying you know what what I enjoy doing. Right. There's a vulnerability there. So, uh, what's something you never thought you had to deal with in the industry? Um, it's lots of stuff. So, uh, love to hear it. <laughs> so, so I, I no longer do the brewing here. We, uh, uh, one, one of the guys who started out actually as a volunteer back when we were doing the, 
uh, the one weekend a month, uh, there was a bunch of homebrewers would come in and hang out with us. Uh, we weren't paying ourselves, we weren't paying them, just a bunch of like-minded people kind of hanging out and having a good time. But um, you know, he kind of you know stuck uh, stuck with us through and through, and uh, he ended up being our first full-time employee, and he's now our head brewer. Uh, so. To, to answer the question, though, now that he's brewing, I'm finding out all of the things I wasn't doing when I was brewing. That that's on the business side of owning a brewery. There's just lots of uh, you know legal and, and uh, requirements, both at the state level, the federal level. Right. Uh, you know taxes. So, you know you're taxing all the beer you make. You're also taxing all the beer you sell. Um, you know you, you, there's certain paperwork you need from you know wholesale, retail vendors, and it's there's a lot more of that side of it. So you know, being a home brewer and, and making beer and selling beer is is one thing, but the, the business of beer, I, I'm, I'm learning every day, is, is a, a far greater task. Needless to say, law has come into it a lot more than you thought it would. For sure. Yeah. And, and New York State has uh, been great. It's probably one of the most liberal states uh, right. and, and brewery-friendly states, so, so that's great. But uh, there's still, still a lot to it. Was there a, uh, a defining moment for you that made you realize, like, this is going to work? I don't know if any one moment. Um, you know, I, I think when when others recognize, when other people in the profession recognize your work, I think and that's, you know, uh, always rewarding. So you know, we've been fortunate enough that within the New York State competition uh, to win medals, you know, right. like each of the three. You know, it started three years ago, we've medaled every year, so... Um, so that's kind of reassuring. Yeah, you know, it's a little that, uplifting. Yeah, that, all right, you know, we're, you know, we're we're making a lot of beer. We're doing a lot of different stuff, um, and, and it's easy to make a lot of different beer, but it's it's not easy to make it well. Uh, so we we try to focus, you know, on, on agricultural, uh, you know, to focus beers and ingredients and sourcing things locally, uh, which doing that is is the challenge on its own. But then to do it well, we've spent a lot of time on quality and. You know, we've, we've won a, you know, a, a few medals, so it's, uh, that's, that's kind of like, all right, we're, we're, doing, we're doing okay, it's right. going to be all right. Yeah. So you're saying quality, quality over quantity is always the best route to go, I feel, to keep sure. your customers happy. Yeah. You know? Was there a mistake, a big mistake, rather, that you made uh, that, that maybe you can look back on now and say, you know what, I know I'll never do that again? You know... <laughs> There's, there's a. I'm sure there's some, but there, there's a, a book out there that a, a lot of you know, home brewers and professional brewers uh, you know have read or, or read uh, called How to Brew. Right. Uh, we've often joked around here that we're we're going to make the uh, counterpoint to that book of how not to brew. Gotcha. Uh, filled with stories of stupid shit we've actually done here. Right. Um, you know, and, and sometimes you do it out of necessity because you either don't have the right tools or you know you're in a bind and you got to find a way to, to you know just plow ahead and keep going, but. Right. Um, so I, I think those are the kind of production mistakes. But I think in terms of the business, if, if that's what you're asking, you know, it's I I would always like to you know, give the advice to people if, if they're going to do this themselves to start bigger. But that 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 doesn't apply to everybody. Like even with that knowledge now, if I were to go back, I don't think we could do it because we didn't have any you know industry knowledge. I knew how to make beer, but I didn't. You know, like I said, understand the business side of things. Right. Um, but you know, certainly doing you know ten gallon batches uh, wasn't profitable. You know, we, we were covering our expenses, but more. Right. You know, there was no payroll at that point, so it was uh, it was easier then. But we have about sixteen employees now, so so you do need um, 
you know, a certain you know, production capacity in order to you know, cover expenses. So uh, at a, at a, until you hit a certain size, you, you can't you know, to do that way. What are your strategies for, for marketing? For just getting your name out there? And... Um, you know, with, with beer specifically, uh, a lot of it is, is done through social media. Uh, you know, we we have somebody uh, on staff who that's their only job. Right. You know that, that we pay to, to handle social media for us. It, it creates a system, you know, message, brand, kind of imagery, all of that. Uh, but then you know, a lot of it is the general public does a lot of that for us. So if you have a yeah, so if you have a strong social media presence, others can take that and then share it. Uh, and sometimes we take what they've done and we share it because uh, this. Really smart people out there with uh, they're really kind of an artistic eye for things, and uh, uh, so that's how we do that. We we do some paid advertising, but we don't have a budget for that, so we really pick our spots on that where we uh, do that kind of thing. How do you deal with the the people who are just nuisances, the ones that'll put up, you know, go on Yelp and bad reviews, and do you respond back? Do you you know, it's. I, I tend not to respond. You know, you're you're only adding fuel to the fire. If if for some reason, if somebody feels like they were wronged in some yeah. way, uh, we'll definitely respond to that. But yeah. uh, typically, what I'll what I'll do is if, if there's somebody like really kind of throwing some some shades and some, right. you know vitriol on there, usually I'll look to see what else. Like I'll check other things they reviewed or okay. rated. Right. And if they're just doing that across the board, then they're just a a miserable human being. Don't waste your time with that. Yeah, but right. certainly if, if there's somebody who's you know, if, uh, it, you know their opinion or, or their experience, uh, you know, not to be dismissive of, of you know everybody who has a bad experience, but uh, we'll sometimes validate that before uh, starting down that path because you don't want to get in a piss and match online. With it. Yeah, it, there's there's no way you win that. Of course not. So I've noticed that there's almost like a brotherhood with with brewing. Like everybody seems to know each other. Absolutely. Like, a, yeah. like a, you know, like the restaurant industry. But is there a way to stay like a step ahead of you know breweries? We you know, so within New York City uh, specifically, you know, we have our own guild. You know, so there's, there's a National Brewers Association, there's a State Brewers Association, and then New York City has its own uh, you know, Brewers Guild. And we meet once a month, uh, you know, kind of discuss. You know challenges and, and really how to how to promote beer in New York City. Uh, I wish it was more about promoting our own brands in New York City, but uh, you know we, we try to keep it at uh, you know a craft beer level. Um, so it's helpful to kind of have those minds you know come together where uh, you know you have other people you know who may have experienced a challenge you're you're dealing with and you can you know, kind of. Uh, and people are really open and helpful with right. each other, so it's uh, it's been great for that. But at the end of the day, you know, we, we are competitors uh, in terms of getting ahead of them. You know, it's everybody. You know, we're we're making similar product products. But we all have our own model, and you know, and our own idea of, of what the future is going to look like for our, our business. And you know, we we all go at, at that our own way, and uh, you know, and we all hope that our way is the best way. But, uh, of course, yeah, it's it's. The one thing we don't—I don't think anybody engages in—is is disparaging anybody else. Yeah, so it's it's always kind of pro beer, pro New York City, and then you know pro yourself. There's not a lot of you know, you know negative uh, you know, campaigning. I, you know, we won't 
you know, speak for them any any brewery, you know, right. here. I, I, I don't allow our staff to do that because if, and if a customer comes in complaining about some other brewery, you know, we'll let them have their say, but we're not going to engage in, in promoting that because it, it's just, you know, there's, you know, again, nothing to benefit from that. And we said, we all know each other. And, and I don't think there's anybody making bad beer that, that yeah, I know. So, so, again, you may have had a bad experience, and if I hear about it, I'll, I'll let them know, hey, somebody was in, you know, had yeah, this experience. And, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so it, it may be too late to direct that person, to direct to that person specifically, or at least they're aware of what's happening, maybe in the tap room, that so they may not otherwise be aware of. It doesn't really sound like there's much competition. It's more like a, hey, listen, I'm going to help you out here. Help me out when you can. It's all like a... So we've... Yeah, like I said we self-funded when we started. We, we have gone to the bank now for, for two different loans. Okay. And you know, one of the things you have to explain is kind of your marketplace and, and competition. And, and I've always explained it as we're in competition with these other breweries, not against them. Right. Uh, you know, but you know, there, there's a lot of data that the National Brewers Association puts together for us that kind of supports you know, the growth of uh, craft beer in general and how we're not cannibalizing each other. We're actually uh, you know, stealing from, you know, from wine and from big beer, and uh, even though people are buying less beer, they're buying more from, from breweries. Right. Um, so, you have your, you know, your grain, hops, bottles, everything. You have your distributors set up. Is there always a look to find, a, like a cheaper or a better distributor, or is it when when the time comes, if if some if you're not happy with somebody that you're dealing with, and then you look for it. So if yeah, by distributor, I don't know if you mean like like a wholesaler that we would sell the, like a like a bottle shop or a bar. Well, so we, you, we sell where you get your your grain and your hops. Oh, and uh, so yeah, so we so we're a farm brewery. Uh, so a percentage of all of our beers are made with uh, or percentage of every beer we make are made from uh, ingredients grown in New York State. So okay. we have uh, a number of farmers we work with directly. Um, we have, from the day we opened, we kind of tried to order from, uh, especially when we were first starting out, from all of the different farmers and maltsters and you know, just kind of, you know, experience what everybody's doing, kind of, you know, what their ingredients taste like in our beer. And so we've landed on a couple different suppliers that we deal with, and we've forged some really great relationships with them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're, you're always kind of looking, and, and and it's not necessarily you look to get a different company to work with, you know, uh, when you work with the same people, like you can give them candid feedback. Hey, I'm, I'm getting this, you know, off flavor. This isn't as efficient as it was in the past. You know, have you changed something? Right. Um, or, or can you change this to, to maybe make something more specific for us? And uh, and it's kind of been great to like we pay more to, to brew up, you know, with ingredients on a local level, but it's it's such a better experience, a better way to operate than just. You know, calling somebody in you know the Midwest or whatever, and being like, "Hey, you know, we need you know a pallet of you know tail malt." Yeah. And they just put an order and they put it on a truck. You know, we'll, we'll call the uh, you know the maltster who knows the farmer. In some cases, they're the same people, and uh, and that's uh, that's kind of a really cool way to, to, to run a business. Yeah, absolutely. When you became an owner, um, did you think about the the stress that was going to come with? The fact that you'd be people's livelihoods, or I mean, is it stressful now knowing that? Um, sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> knowing that at any given moment, you know, somebody's decisions could be like, listen, we, we can't use you anymore. I mean, it's nice to have a nice staff, 
and, and whatnot. But we, we've been pretty fortunate in that uh, we haven't had a lot of turnover. Okay. Uh, we've had you know a couple people leave on their own. You know, we've had you know a couple people we've had to let go, and and, and that's probably been the most difficult thing. I, I hope I never get comfortable with that. Right. Because uh, it's 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 heartbreaking, and, and you know it's in a company this size. You know, it's cliche to say that you know they're family, but they are. Yeah. We all know each other. We know each other's families. You know, we work with each other we, every we, day. We see, yeah, and we, we do things together outside of, of the brewery as yeah. well. So, it's the so, same so thing, that's same really hard. Like FDNY, you know, it's you're working with these guys every single day. You're I, I'm sure it's even more so for you guys. Right. You're, you know, like yeah, we're making beer. Like you guys right. are, you know, in much more intense situations. Right. It is. I mean, but you know, when guys get promoted, you're happy for them. You know, obviously, on the other hand, if you have to fire somebody, it's, uh, you're not feeling too good for that person. Sure. Yeah. No. That's 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 for sure. And, yeah. And you know, as as we've we've grown and as we continue to grow, we're you know, you know looking to find ways to you know, create more value around you know employment here. And, and we don't currently offer uh, currently offer uh, like health insurance. We're hoping to do that in the next few months. And uh, so we're we're working towards uh, you know, those kinds of things for our employees as well. Good luck. Good luck with that. Thank. And uh, I know we go from stressful having to fire people to how important is it to take mental breaks from everything? Uh, you know, I guess that's the thing is, uh, you know, when you know, when you're an owner of a company, you're always working, right? Uh, which is fine. I mean, that, that's you know, I kind of enjoy that. So that uh, anytime my phone rings or I get an email, it's you know, somebody you know. You know, could be a potential customer or uh, an opportunity for us, um, but you know, as a result, yes, the importance of kind of you know mental health uh, you know, days or, or, or even you know gaps if it's not a whole day uh, are, are important, and, and you know that's something that's kind of been an ebb and flow for me, where you know I, I sometimes go a long stretch where I don't get that break. Right. And then I'll be like, all right, good point where I have to give myself like time or, or you know, a day or, or, or two days uh, over a weekend if I can. And, uh, but you know, you're, you're never, you know, these things, you're, right. you're, you're never fully disconnected anymore. But anymore. You, you do the best you can. Yeah, right. You're, you always have uh, communication with you at all times. And uh, you, you start to appreciate those breaks more often when you don't get them for a long time, which is nice. How does that, how does that take a toll on, on family life? Well, being an owner. Yeah, so that's, you know, one of the important things uh, that, that I've had to do is try to schedule time where we do things as a family. And, you know, my kids are older. I, I was a very young father, so uh, my oldest just graduated college. My, uh, my, my middle child is graduating high school in a couple awesome. of weeks, and my youngest is finishing sophomore year in high school. So, you know, the chances and the opportunities for us all to do things together are, are kind of you know, dwindling is, uh, you know, uh, my oldest son just, you know, he said he graduated in December. He just moved to Fort Myers, Florida. It was his first full-time job. And awesome. So we took the whole family down there to, to move him in, and we uh, took a week vacation down there, which was, uh, you know, kind of nice to, to have everybody together and, uh, you know, relax and recharge. Uh, right. So so that that's an important thing. And, um, you know, for me, you know, I, I've got a unique situation in that uh, when we formed the company when we first started uh, the brewery, uh, my, my, my wife and children around, around that time, we made the decision to, to move uh, back to Wisconsin 
where we like the schools better, and it was more, not that the schools are bad here, it's just it was, uh, we were, both were from there, so it was more of the, we wanted them to have the same experience we had uh, through school, so, uh, so they're there, and I'm here, and I commute back and forth, and uh, so it's kind of a really clean separation, where now when I'm there, right. you know, I'm a husband, I'm a father, uh, and when I'm here, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working, and so in a way, I'm, I'm better at both. Right. You know, when when you see your wife and kids every day, it's 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 a gift, but it's easy to be like, oh, we'll do that tomorrow, or we'll do that next week, or you know, let's go do this. Like, ah, I don't have time today. I'm doing this. So, but now when I'm there, like they want to do whatever, fill in the blank. I'm like, yeah, you. let's go. Yeah, that's that's great. I'm here for for you know for you guys. It's my time with you guys. So let's uh, let's figure out what what that is. Um, what would be the best piece of advice you would give to somebody who wanted to own their own brewery? Do it. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, like I said, you know, we talked a little bit about the, the fear of people, you know, uh, appreciating and, and uh, enjoying your work, but, uh, you know, the, there's a lot of people out there who, who, really great work and just kind of you know lack the you know the encouragement support you know, the, the, you know they, they think they lack it but it's there you know there, there are people in this industry that uh, helped me when we started and, and you know we've had an open door to anybody else who's starting a brewery where we've sat down with a number of people who are some pretty established brands now right in this room and walking you know, shared what our experience was to help them navigate uh, you know what, what they're doing but, uh, don't yeah this could have worked, could not, it still might, but uh, I, I don't want to look back and be like, why didn't I do this? Right. I, I'd, Great. I'd rather crash and the worst thing is in the world. Yeah, I'd rather crash and burn than uh, never try. Right. And uh, do you have a quick funny story that you've experienced in the industry? There's lots of funny stories. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think it's just little funny things. Like, like when you do events, like, it... You don't realize it. Like I used to go to beer festivals before, right. uh, before, before Big Alice, and uh, being on the other side of the table now, like we all have games we play with because you know, there, there's you know only a handful of type of people who come to these events, yeah. and there's certain catchphrases and things, and uh, so it's it's always fun to kind of see uh, how the how the life of uh, any event you know, takes shape and uh, you know, the uh, character of the people attending. I don't know really any specific funny story there, but uh, it, it's, uh, I think there's lots of little funny moments when you, when you deal with the general public, and, and I really enjoy that part of it. Nice. Kyle, thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Thank you for sitting with us. I'm Mike Curtin for Chew Brewer Stew. It's Kyle Hurst from Big Alice Brewing in Long Island City. Go check him out. Thanks again, man. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Hey guys, so that was the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were able to take something away from that interview as you will with every interview. Special thanks again goes out to Kyle Hurst from Big Alice Brewing. Definitely go check those guys out in Long Island City if you get the chance. Every other Sunday I'll be posting up a new podcast, so stay tuned and like I said, subscribe and you'll never miss another episode. Once again, I'm Mike Curtin for Chew Brewer Stew. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.